Hi, parents and guardians. You know, I like to take a minute before each podcast to thank you for choosing me, Raggedy Auntie, to be your child's reader for the next half hour or so. In this time period, I'll share any news that you might need to know and let you know that you can find links to all of the stories that I share in the show notes, free versions where possible, and a link to our Patreon. This podcast can only happen with the generous support of our patrons, and I'm so excited to offer perks for every level. There's something to fit everyone, and I'm so glad you're here. Thanks for listening. Hello, my sweet friends. It's nice to see you again. Come along and read with me. It's my favorite place to be when Raggedy Auntie reads. Hello, my sweet friends. Welcome back to the book nook. I'm Raggedy Auntie. And I also get to welcome you to our very first episode of our very first season of the Raggedy Auntie Reads podcast. Yay! Oh, I'm so glad you're here. Today, I want to talk a little bit about adventure. I have a wonderful chapter of the Alice in Wonderland book to share with you. And I have... A poem that involves a jaunty little adventure through the alphabet. We'll also be singing one of my favorite songs that's actually featured later in the Alice in Wonderland book. So we won't read that part of the book today, but we'll get to sing it and we'll get to be a little silly too. I hope that you are ready for a wonderful time. Let's get started. Alice's Adventures in Wonderland is a chapter book written by Lewis Carroll. Chapter 1, Down the Rabbit Hole. Alice was beginning to get very tired of sitting by her sister on the bank and of having nothing to do. Once or twice she had peeped into the book her sister was reading, but it had no pictures or conversations in it. And what's the use of a book, thought Alice, without pictures or conversations? So she was considering in her own mind as well as she could, for the hot day made her feel very sleepy and stupid, whether the pleasure of making a daisy chain would be worth the trouble of getting up and picking the daisies, when suddenly... A white rabbit with pink eyes ran close by her. There was nothing so very remarkable in that, nor did Alice think it so very much out of the way to hear the rabbit say to itself, Oh dear, oh dear, I shall be late. When she thought it over afterwards, it occurred to her that she ought to have wondered about this, but at the time it all seemed quite natural. But when the rabbit actually took a watch out of its waistcoat pocket and looked at it and then hurried on Alice started to her feet for it flashed across her mind that she had never before seen a rabbit with either a waistcoat pocket or a watch to take out of it and 
burning with curiosity. She ran across the field after it and fortunately was just in time to see it pop down a large rabbit hole under the hedge. In another moment, down went Alice after it, never once considering how in the world she was to get out again. The rabbit hole went straight on like a tunnel for some way and then dipped suddenly down, so suddenly that Alice had not a moment to think about stopping herself before she found herself falling down a very deep well. Either the well was very deep or she fell very slowly, for she had plenty of time as she went down to look about her and to wonder what was going to happen next. First, she tried to look down and make out what she was coming to, but it was too dark to see anything. Then she looked at the sides of the well and noticed that they were filled with cupboards and bookshelves. Here and there she saw maps and pictures hung upon pegs. As she took down a jar from the shelves as she passed, it was labeled orange marmalade, but to her great disappointment, it was empty. She did not like to to drop the jar for fear of killing somebody, so she managed to put it on one of the cupboards as she fell past it. Well, thought Alice to herself, after such a fall as this, I shall think nothing of tumbling downstairs. How brave they'll all think me at home. Why, I wouldn't say anything about it, even if I fell off the top of the house, which was very likely true. Down, down, down would the fall never come to an end. I wonder how many miles I've fallen by this time, she said aloud. I must be getting somewhere near the center of the earth. Let me see. That would be, hmm, uh, 4,000 miles down, I think. For you see, Alice had learnt several things of this sort in her lessons in the schoolroom and thought this was not a very good opportunity for showing off her knowledge, as there was no one to listen to her. Still, it was good practice to say it over. Yes, that's about the right distance. But then I wonder what latitude or longitude I've got to. Alice had no idea what latitude was, or longitude either, but thought they were nice grand words to say. Presently, she began again. I wonder if I shall fall right through the earth. How funny it'll seem to come out among people that walk with their heads downward. The antipathies, I think. She was rather glad there was no one listening this time, as it didn't sound at all like the right word. But I shall have to ask them what the name of their country is, you know. Hmm, please, ma'am, is this New Zealand or Australia? <laughs> And she tried to curtsy as she spoke. Fancy curtsying as you're falling through the air. Do you think you could manage it? Down, down, down. There was nothing else to do, so Alice soon began talking again. Dinah'll miss me very much tonight, I should think. Dinah was the cat. I hope they'll remember her saucer of milk at tea time. Oh, Dinah, my dear, I wish you were down here with me. There are no mice in the air, I'm afraid, but you might catch a bat. And that's very like a mouse, you know. But do cats eat bats, I wonder? And here Alice began to get rather sleepy and went on saying to herself in a dreamy sort of way, Do cats eat bats? Do cats eat bats? And sometimes, do bats eat cats? For you see... 
She couldn't answer the question. It didn't much matter which way she put it. She felt that she was dozing off and had just begun to dream that she was walking hand in hand with Dinah and saying to her very earnestly, Now, Dinah, tell me the truth. Did you ever eat a bat? When suddenly, down she came upon a heap of sticks and dry leaves, and the fall was over. Alice was not a bit hurt, and she jumped up to her feet in a moment. She looked up, but it was all dark overhead. Before her was another long passage, and the white rabbit was still in sight, hurrying down it. There was not a moment to be lost. Away went Alice like the wind, and was just in time to hear it say as it turned a corner, Oh, my ears and whiskers, how late it's getting! But she was close behind it when she turned the corner. But the rabbit was no longer to be seen. She found herself in a long, low hall, which was lit up by a row of lamps hanging from the roof. There were doors all round the hall, but they were all locked. And when Alice had been all the way down one side and up the other, trying every door, she walked sadly down the middle, wondering how she was ever to get out again. Suddenly, she came upon a three-legged table, all made of solid glass. There was nothing on it except a tiny golden key. And Alice's first thought was that it might belong to one of the doors of this hall. But, alas, either the locks were too large or the key was too small. But at any rate, it would not open any of them. However, on the second time around, she came upon a low curtain she had not noticed before. And behind it was a little door about 15 inches high. She tried the little golden key in the lock. And to her great delight, it fitted. Alice opened the door and found that it led into a small passage, not much larger than a rat hole. She knelt down and looked along the passage into the loveliest garden you ever saw. How she longed to get out of that dark hall and wander about among those beds of bright flowers and those cool fountains. But she could not even get her head through the doorway. And if my head would go through, thought poor Alice, it would be of very little use without my shoulders. Oh, how I wish I could shut up like a telescope. I think I could, if only I knew how to begin. For you see, so many out-of-the-way things had happened lately that Alice had begun to think that very few things indeed were really impossible. There seemed to be no use in waiting by the little door, so she ran back to the table, half hoping she might find another key on it, or at any rate, a book of rules for shutting people up like telescopes. This time, she found a little bottle on it, which certainly was not here before, said Alice, and round the neck of the bottle was a paper label with the words, Drink Me, beautifully printed on it in large letters. It was all very well to say, Drink Me, but the wise little Alice was not going to do that in a hurry. No, I'll look first, she said, and see whether it's marked poison or not. For she had read several nice little histories about children who had got burnt and eaten up by wild beasts and other unpleasant things, all because they would not remember the simple rules their friends had taught them, such as that a red-hot poker will burn you if you hold it too long, 
and that if you cut your finger very deeply with a knife, it usually bleeds. And she had never forgotten that if you drink much from a bottle marked poison, it is almost certain to disagree with you sooner or later. However, this bottle was not marked poison, so Alice ventured to taste it, and finding it very nice, it had, in fact, a sort of mixed flavor of cherry tart, custard, pineapple, roast turkey, toffee, and hot buttered toast, she very soon finished it off. What a curious feeling, said Alice. I must be shutting up like a telescope. And so it was indeed. She was now only ten inches high, and her face brightened up at the thought that she was now the right size for going through the little door into that lovely garden. First, however, she waited for a few minutes to see if she was going to shrink any further. She felt a little nervous about this, for... It might end, you know, said Alice to herself. Am I going out altogether like a candle? Oh, I wonder what I should be like then. And then she tried to fancy what the flame candle is like after the candle's blown out, for she could not remember ever having seen such a thing. After a while, finding that nothing more happened, she decided on going into the garden at once. Oh, but alas for poor Alice, when she got to the door, she found she had forgotten the little golden key. And when she went back to the table for it, she found she could not possibly reach it. She could see it quite plainly through the glass, and she tried her best to climb up one of the legs of the table, but it was too slippery. And when she had tired herself out with trying, the poor little thing sat down and cried. Come! There's no use in crying like that, said Alice to herself rather sharply. I advise you to leave off this minute. She generally gave herself good advice, though she very seldom followed it. And sometimes she scolded herself so severely as to bring tears into her eyes. And once she remembered trying to box her own ears for having cheated herself in a game of croquet. She was playing it against herself. For this curious child was very fond of pretending to be two people. But it's no use now, thought poor Alice, to pretend to be two people. Why, there's hardly enough of me left to make one respectable person. <sighs> Soon her eye fell on a little glass box that was lying under the table. She opened it and found a very small cake on which the words eat me, were beautifully marked in currants. Well, I'll eat it, said Alice, and if it makes me grow larger, I can reach the key, and if it makes me grow smaller, I can creep under the door, so either way I'll get into the garden, and I don't care which happens. She ate a little bit, and anxiously to herself thought, which way, which way? Holding her hand on the top of her head to feel which way she was growing, and she was quite surprised to find that she remained the same size. To be sure, this generally happens when one eats cake, but Alice had got so much into the way of expecting nothing but out-of-the-way things to happen that it seemed quite dull and stupid for life to go on in the common way. So she set to work and very soon finished off the cake. Thank you.
Oh my goodness, what a wonderful story. You know, Alice in Wonderland has always been one of my favorite books. And I know this story backwards and forwards, but I always wonder what else could Alice have done when she goes through that door to the garden? Now, after she eats the cake, she does grow big enough to get the key and she makes her way into the garden and wanders through Wonderland, meets tons of interesting people, and birds and cats, the Cheshire cat to be exact, and has such a wonderful adventure. But what else could she have done? What do you think Alice might have looked forward to in that garden? What other things could be in Wonderland waiting for her? Use your imagination and think about some great wonderful things. Now, Alice does get a chance to go to a tea party in Wonderland with the Mad Hatter and the March Hare and the Dormouse. Oh, the Dormouse is a very sleepy, silly, silly mouse. And he changes the words to Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star. Now, Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star has tons of lyrics that's the words to a song that a lot of people don't know. How about we sing Twinkle Twinkle Little Star together and listen for new words. Then at the very end, I will sing the lyrics or the words that the Dormouse gave the song. Oh goodness, it's kind of funny. Let's sing. How I 
up above the world so high like a diamond in the sky twinkle twinkle Now let's sing the one that the Dormouse sang for Alice when she went to tea in Wonderland. Twinkle, twinkle, little bat, how I wonder what you're at. Up above the like a tea tray in the sky twinkle twinkle little bat how i wonder what you're at that silly dormouse uh, let's sing the one that we know so well about the star are you ready let's sing it Twinkle, twinkle, little star, how I wonder what you are. Up above the world so high, like a diamond in the sky. Twinkle, twinkle, little star, how I wonder what you are. Thank you for singing with me. Before we part, my sweet, sweet friends, I have one more adventure to share with you. Now, this is the adventure of poetry. This wonderful poem called A Was an Ant is my favorite. See if you can identify all the different animals and things of the alphabet. Some of them get very creative. Let's listen to the poem. A Was an Ant by Edward Lear. A was an ant who seldom stood still and who made a nice house in the side of a hill. A, nice little ant. B was a book with a binding of blue and pictures and stories for me and for you. B, nice little book. C was a cat who ran after a rat, but his courage did fail when she seized on his tail. <laughs> C, crafty old cat. 
D was a duck with spots on his back who lived in the water and always said, Quack! D, dear little duck. E was an elephant, stately and wise. He had tusks and a trunk and two little eyes. E, oh, what funny small eyes. F was a fish who was caught in a net, but he got out again and is quite alive yet. F, lively young fish. G was a goat who was spotted with brown. When he did not lie still, he walked up and down. G, good little goat. H was a hat, which was all on one side. Its crown was too high and its brim was too wide. H, oh, what a hat. I was some ice, so white and so nice, but which nobody tasted. And so it was wasted. I, all that good ice. J was a jackdaw who hopped up and down in the principal street of a neighboring town. J, all through the town. K was a kite which flew out of sight above houses so high quite into the sky. K, fly away kite. L was a light which burned all the night and lighted the gloom of a very dark room. L, useful, nice light. M was a mill which stood on a hill and turned round and round with a loud hummy sound. M, M, useful old mill. N was a net which was thrown into the sea to catch fish for dinner for you. And for me, an nice little net. O was an orange, so yellow and round. When it fell off the tree, it fell down to the ground. O, down on the ground. P was a pig, who was not very big, but his tail was too curly, and that made him surly. P, cross little pig. Q was a quail with a very short tail. And he fed upon corn in the evening and morn. Q, quaint little quail. R was a rabbit who had a bad habit of eating the flowers in gardens and bowers. R, naughty fat rabbit. S was the sugar tongs, nippity-nee, to take up the sugar to put in our tea. S, nippity-nee. T was a tortoise, all yellow and black. He walked slowly away, and he never came back. T, torty never came back. U was an urn, all polished and bright and full of hot water at noon and at night. U, useful old urn. V was a villa, which stood on a hill by the side of a river and close to a mill. V, nice little villa. W was a whale with a very long tail, whose movements were frantic across the Atlantic. W, monstrous old whale. 
X was King Xerxes, who, more than all Turks, is renowned for his fashion of fury and passion. X, angry old Xerxes. Y was a U, which flourished and grew by a quiet abode near the side of a road. Y, dark little U. Z was some zinc. So shiny and bright, which caused you to wink in the sun's merry light. Z. Beautiful zinc. Thank you so much for joining me today for a story from Alice in Wonderland, a poem called A Was an Ant, and a very interesting rendition or version or style of Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. You know, friends, this is one of my favorite parts of the week when I get to spend some time reading and singing with you. I hope that you stay happy, stay healthy, and keep reading. The end for now. Stay healthy, keep reading. Stay happy, stay healthy, keep reading. Until the day comes we meet again. Stay happy, stay healthy, keep reading.